Welcome to Motorsport Coaching, the podcast for racers with racers. Miss Motivate can help get you to the next level. Every episode, she talks to the best racers of today and those that can get you there. She'll help you get better. Racing new. At fitness, nutrition, sports psychology, sponsorship, social media, public relations, and media training. Connect with Miss Motivate at motivatetraining.com.au. That's M O T I V, the number eight, training.com.au. And now, to help get you to the next level, Miss Motivate herself, Belinda Risley. Hi, guys, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm very excited to be joined by Managing Director of Acclaim Media, Mr. Matt Payne. Matt is a seasoned communication specialist across a variety of platforms throughout almost 20 years and now runs his Gold Coast-based business, Acclaim Media. Matt has been involved in a number of motorsports activities from working with the team at the 100th Indy 500 in 2016 to A1GP, working with AMG and Mika Hakkin in China and launching Mini Challenge in Australia. He's still involved at the grassroots of the sport today as a commentator for both the National Karting Series in Australia, whilst also working on a number of non-motorsport properties. Without any further ado, let's get started. Welcome today uh, to my special guest, Matt Payne from Acclaim Media. Welcome, Matt. Hi, Belinda. Great to be here. Well, I'm so excited to have you because today you're going to be talking about special services around PR, marketing, branding, sponsorship. Um, so tell us a little bit about Acclaim Media and what services that you do and, and who you are and a little bit of your background. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, a, that's a fairly broad question. I mean, I've been involved in the sport, in motorsport um, and PR for almost 20 years now. I started at the back end, of, um, back end of 2000. And I guess from a motorsport perspective, I've seen everything from karting um, through to um, junior levels, supercars, across to IndyCar, A1GP and the like, and a lot of GT stuff as well, but also a lot of Speedway and... Um, everything else in between. So it's been a fairly journeyed career and um, there's been a fair bit that's happened uh, throughout those times. But, um, you know, you wouldn't change any of it um, along the way. And certainly um, motorsport and the people that are involved in the sport is uh, the thing that keeps you coming back to it. Oh, fantastic. So how did you personally get involved? Did you used to race yourself or was just just a passion for motorsport drove you towards that? When I, when I was born, my dad was racing um, motorbikes. So he was racing like trial um, racing, so in the bush, that type of thing. Um, like you'll see the four-day endurance trial, that type of stuff. So that was when I was born. So we kind of grow, grow, grew up in, you know, from one to three around a dirt track and um, then speedway and all that sort of stuff. We used to drive from the Hunter Valley down to, um, down to the Sydney Royale, Sydney Showground every Saturday night. Uh, but when I was a baby... Um, so, you know, the motorsport had always been something that was fairly, fairly close to me. And it was, uh, when I went to Formula One in 96, the first one in Melbourne, um, then a few weeks later I had the chance to go to the IndyCar race on the Gold Coast. It was like, well, I don't mind this. Then maybe that's, maybe that's where my career path, uh, should sort of, sort of go. And, um, I sort of chipped away, you know, through my studies and was focused around that. And then, um, just sort of started to build networks at that time. The internet was sort of a fairly, um, a fairly basic resource, but there were still options where you could actually start to interact with people and all that. And I started to build that, those networks and use platforms like uh, where you could post stories or articles about motorsport. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, and look, just look for opportunities. And um, 
I had an opportunity to kick off and um, left university, which I don't know whether that was the right thing to do. <laughs> Certainly wouldn't recommend that to anyone now, but uh, started off started off in the sport and it's kind of snowballed from there. Fantastic. And so what is what is your business today? What does that look like? In- yeah, Claim Media uh, has actually been going since about 2001. I've always maintained the um, the business name since I first established it when I uh, when I first went into contracting after a job had ended. Uh, but basically now I'm a, an agency that cuts across uh, PR, so press release development, uh, profile development for uh, property, sports properties. Um, we do video photography, social media. Uh, pretty much the the whole range of um, of communication support, and I mean that's just not necessarily writing press releases and doing all that sort of stuff. But we've got the resources that we can pull in to pull a full program together. Oh, fantastic! And so you've got a few clients now. What kind of categories do they race in? Yeah, so at the moment um, we've got a number of different clients uh, underway. I'm looking after Hot Wheels Car Care products, which is a new product to the Australian market. They've got a, um, a partnership with James Courtney. They're his helmet sponsor, um, as well as a, uh, a sponsorship with Walkinshaw and Dreddy United. So we're working to uh, develop that leverage point off, of, off the back of their involvement here in Australia um, and then expand that with what with the way that they go. They're also in GT with Liam Talbot on his Porsche in the Australian GT Championship. We're looking after Gary Jacobson, who's one of the front runners in the uh, in the Dunlop Super Two series with the Mega Nissan, um, and also Brock Feeney, who's uh, an Australian karting champion, who's moved up into the Toyota eighty six series this year. So looking after him, and then working on a, a variety of different things. Um, Karting Australia from commentating the National Karting Series, the AKC, um, commentate the, the Rotax Pro Tour. And then outside that, um, there's a couple of diverse things like a field days, the Primex field days down in, um, down in Casino and a couple of other little projects that we're working on as well. So there's certainly no shortage of, um, of work going on at the moment. Yeah, it's sounding very busy. Uh, so you look after both brands as well as athletes. Yeah, I guess uh, what I should have put into that early piece was sponsorship leverage. So if you've got a sponsor on board, uh, we'll then activate it. So then that can be purely like a PR focus um, or it can be more so if you are at an event, how do we go about spreading the word? What do we do? How do we get the space set up to get that moving forward? So that's, that's kind of that sponsorship leverage side of things, which is another arm as well. Fantastic. Well, let's go back a little step. Um, and so you spoke about your expertise being in PR. Um, tell the guys a little bit about the importance of public relations and, and what is it really? And what are some things that they could actually do to help themselves improve? Yeah, public relations, I guess, is um, I've always found it to be a silly term because like I find it's not actually what you do. So like on my, um, on my uh, email handle, I'm a stakeholder wrangler and Yep, sorry, I'm just hit the light on. <laughs> ah, I'll start again. I'll start again that bit. Um, what was I saying? Talking about PR, yeah. Public relations, I guess, is a bit of a silly term. Um, you know, like it's not, it's not a term that I've ever fully understood, to be quite honest, and that's the industry that we work in. It's a global, massive global industry, but it's more about um, content development and managing stakeholders. So that's realistically, I refer to myself as a content architect and stakeholder wrangler, because that's pretty much what I do is, you know, putting together content and then wrangling stakeholders. So um, 
And the importance of it is that uh, it's what helps build your brand. It's like if you're, uh, it, whether you're in motorsport, rugby league or whatever, it's how you get your name out there. It's what you do. I mean, if you're in um, motorsport, for example, and you, you know that you've got television coverage or live stream coverage, it's in your best interest to go to your commentator who's presenting your story to the world and telling them about what you do, who you are, um, and how you go about your business. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're, for example, in one of the categories that supports supercars, you're at least going to have an hour's worth of television, if not more, on Fox Sports nationally. So if a commentator's got 30 competitors in a field, he doesn't have time to run around and speak to each one of the competitors every single weekend or beforehand. But if you're, you send him half a dozen dot points, 10 or 15 dot points ahead of each event and just keep that communication line open, uh, you've got a much better chance of uh, scoring TV coverage and TV time because people will talk about you simply because they've got something to talk about. Yes. Um, you know, like from my perspective, uh, commentating at karting level, I've go to an event where there are 300 competitors uh, entered for the weekend. I'll have heard from one or two maximum. Yeah. And I've got two days of commentary to do and a live stream uh, to commentate on. So it's, you know, it makes it hard when you don't know, you don't know these guys. And because it's such a busy weekend for the commentator, um, you don't know what they look like. So therefore you can't necessarily put a, put a face to a name and instantly know about them. It's, uh, you know, it's in your best interest to put your best foot forward. And that, that comes down even to like your local newspaper. So just about everywhere has got a free local newspaper that comes out every Wednesday and lands in the front yard. Um, there'll be a sports journalist there or two sports journalists who are always seeking stories. Um, and the importance of doing that, particularly if you are a junior sports person, is that that is a basis for you, number one, to be servicing and working with media and number two for your profile because you never know who's going to be watching at that particular point in time. Fantastic. That's awesome tips. I really appreciate that. Thanks, Matt. Um, and so we spoke of it before just about Facebook and not being enough as far as branding. <coughs> what are some other things that you can recommend that drivers can do? So Facebook's obviously really important um, for a starting point, but what are some strategies um, around guiding likes or engagements or what are they really looking for when it comes to Facebook? Importantly, it's about building a network. So if you build the offline network, the online network will come. Um, so, I mean, yes, it's important to have a presence on Facebook. Yes, it's important to have an Instagram profile, but that's not the be all and end all. At some, some point, someone's got to find you through those channels. So, uh, I mean, going back to the likes of your, your commentators, your local um, TV news producers, your local newspapers, they're the important ones to build start building the profile to drive the traffic towards your, your Facebook page. It's like um, one, it's like a chicken and egg scenario. Yeah, it's important, but you've got to have a, a holistic strategy around it. And, you know, whether that's, um, you know, engaging a professional organisation to develop press releases for you and assist you with your, your profile or just coming up with what your profile is. Like, who are you? What's your story? Get a few key messages together and then build your stories around that. I mean, you don't have to do, um, you don't have to do a lot at, at a junior level. You don't have to spend a lot doing it, but it's important that you do it and that you're contacting people all the time and making sure that you've got them photos within a timely manner and so on. I mean, if you look at motorsport in Australia, 
Um, for example, Speed Cafe, one of the leading websites here, has an, a self-upload uh, system where you can upload press releases and photos and they can publish that on their site or you contact the team directly if you've got a bigger news story. It's the same as Auto Action, always looking for content, motorsport.com. Um, and then there's a multitude of um, you know, other podcasts, localised radio shows, um, you know, TV programs, etc., that you can contact. And, um, you know, like community radio, for example, there's a community radio show um, in Sydney every, um, every Thursday night. They're always looking for content. And it's a good, it's a good practice, um, good practice opportunity. Like I'm generally on there every week. Why? To keep myself um, sharp. And you know, the more practice that you can get at speaking to people, at building a network, and so on, the better. It's like you know, if you see the guys at a at a race event with a camera, or you know, you get the opportunity to go up to a media center, take the chance to go and introduce yourself to a few people, because you've got no idea how much that means to the journalists even, like learn who the people are around your sport um, <clears throat> and then do your best to interact with them. I think one of the best ones that I've seen so far this year has been um, a young guy named Caelan Ponga, who's a rugby league player that moved from North Queensland Cowboys to um, the Newcastle Knights. He's leading the Dally M scores at the time that we're recording. And uh, every week, Matt Johns is talking about him. Why? Because Caelan Ponga's taken the time to go and see him, seek him out and have a chat. He's a young fellow, 20 years of age, just moving through the ranks and like he sought that advice. And so every week Matt's talking about him two or three times on Triple M and giving him the airspace because he knows what's going on with him. He knows that he's spectacular and he's got the right headspace. And um, another one I'd look to is, um, is Ben Simmons in the NBA, the way that he's built his profile. I mean, he's come in very, very much under the radar. Like, I mean, yeah, sure. He was number one draft pick and so on, but his whole demeanour is very much on the down low as you compare him to an Alonzo Ball that went to um, LA Lakers with his own $400 sneakers. Um, his dad's on all these TV shows. His brother's on the WWE. And he still hasn't even fired a shot yet. Um, you know, two vastly different approaches from rookies that came in at the same time, but one that's going to go on and continue to go on and sign bigger and better deals throughout his time. Fantastic. There's some great tips in there. Thanks for that, Matt. Um, now, obviously, a lot of what we're talking around is around off-track services. How important do you think it is for drivers to fulfil their goals and their ambitions of moving up the ranks, having this, having a great insight into all of the PR, social media, branding, sponsorship? Do you think it is for oh, a driver? It's vital. It's absolutely vital. Um, I was doing a presentation last year with um, James Courtney's CART team um, in Queensland up here, and James got up to have his say um, as soon as uh, as soon as I was finished. And uh, his his level was what you do on the track's worth about thirty percent. It's what you do off the track and how you conduct yourself is uh, is worth the other seventy percent. And certainly now with motorsport and a lot of sports, not just motorsport, it's other sports around the world as well that are so reliant on um, on sponsorship and funding that you really have to be ready to walk into anyone and be able to speak to them and walk up to anyone and be able to speak to them and um, have your elevator, what they call the elevator pitch, which is like your 30 second story. If you go back to what I was saying before about the key points of your story, if you've got your key points ready to roll out, your story ready to roll out, you don't know who you're going to run into. So always be prepared when you're at the airport, the way that you dress, the way that you uh, carry yourself at the airport where, when you're at a dinner. Those type of things are how you can, you know, create those connections 
um, and start to push your way forward. Fantastic. And we mentioned um, briefly before about sponsorship and how important sponsorship is about going forward. What are some, um, you've given some great tips about branding and PR. What are some ideas that the um, guys could do around sponsorship? Yeah, I think um, in lower levels of motorsport, people get tied up on the big check. They're looking for the big checks that they can put the big sign on the car and so on. But I mean, until you build your way through, you're not really getting the coverage that you're going to, to warrant getting that big check. And like, that's, that's probably a harsh reality. Like it's a bit of, bit of tough love in saying that. But if you look at, say for example, if you're doing a national karting series, um, the way I'd look at it is to think outside the box on where you get your sponsorship. You have certain things that you utilize day in, day out um, for, uh, to, to go karting. So whether that's the service of your, your vehicle, your tow vehicle, um, you've got lubricants that you utilize, uh, you'll wash your truck, all those type of things. Um, there's a local supplier that you utilize every week that can actually assist you. So, you know, look at what your overall costs are and then break that down into your, your line items, what it costs you for, for drinks, what it costs you for food, et cetera, fuel, et cetera, et cetera. Then work out how you can then go to a local supplier and go, hey, I know you probably can't give me cash, but is there a chance that we can hook up a fuel cart um, for the season? You might get your vehicle serviced, and while you're there, they'll, they'll have a lubricant supplier, and they might uh, have something that's suitable for your race vehicle. So, therefore, you might hit them up for a, uh, for a lubricant supply, that type of thing. It's like there's a whole different range of ways that you can look at it. Obviously, everyone would love the big check, but if you look at those lower le that lower-level stuff, and service the hell out of them. It'll also give you the opportunity to have then learnt um, about how to service a sponsor at a lower level, which gives you then the confidence and the skill when you do have the bigger sponsor up the line that you've got to look after. And how important do you think it is to have a network or some sort of connection with a potential sponsor prior to sending them a sponsorship proposal? Oh, look, I think it's essential. Um, you know, there are very few sponsorships that come off through through cold calling um so it's having that network it's like building a relationship um and then with a lot of those smaller ones you just never know where their their network is who they're they're watching who's watching through their suppliers that type of thing um there's a guy who raced carts in australia some years ago john grother he also went on to do um aussie racing cars there for a little while he ended up getting a sponsorship out of the chupa chups factory because he liked chopper chops and one of the um, Spanish motor GP riders had a chopper chops on it. <laughs> he wanted one. So he went to his local store um, who introduced him to the distributor who introduced him to chopper chops. And then he was able to get their support in terms of painting his helmet in the chopper chops colors and um, then also get product to hand out at the track. So obviously he became pretty popular among the kids at the track, but um, you know, that's the way that, that he went about it. It's like, you know, if you have an idea like that, drive it through, drive it through. So you see what lines um, of communication you can open and, and where it might go. Um, you know, that's always been a lookout for an opportunity is what I'd say. Fantastic. And what about the whole tailored proposal? Do you think um, people should be putting the gold, silver, bronze package within a proposal? Or is it just a matter of speaking to the supplier, or the potential sponsor around about what's within their budget? See, I, I, the way I tend to approach such things and the way I have done such things is not necessarily put the bottom line in there, but, all, but started off with the introductory 
pieces. Start off with the story. What are you doing? How are you going about it? Who are you? Who's your support support team? I mean, who's your mechanic? Who's your team? Who's your uh, communications? That type of stuff. What have you got planned? Um, and then you can get to the to the money part of it. Like if it's uh, just an introduction straight up, and you've got the money in there, I tend to think that that'd shy people away. Um, you know, th- it does depend on what it is, though. It's a case by case scenario. But if you're trying to build your profile among people, that's the way that I'd certainly look at it: is to to go in with your story, get people to like you first, and then go in for the hard sell. Because it's it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing to do. I mean, sponsorship sales is not my area of expertise by any stretch of the imagination but um you know it's it's a matter i think of getting people in uh invested in the story and then they can get invested in the talent fantastic and coming back to your expertise of pr and branding how important is it that once we've actually obtained that sponsor to help them do their pr and branding within motorsports within that category Yes, yeah, servicing is the number one thing. Um, there's such a share, such a minor share of voice out there for a whole heap of brands that are trying to get themselves through, and that's why it comes back to making sure that the commentators have got information on you and your sponsor. Um, that the you know you've got photographs going out everywhere of your vehicle, of your you wearing the sponsor's clothing. Um, you make sure that you are wearing the sponsor's clothing or the sponsor's brands on your clothing um, so that they can be seen um, everywhere that you go. Um, ring them, talk to them. Uh, Jason Richards, um, who's sadly no longer with us, a V8 supercar driver, I did a, a sponsorship talk with him some years ago um, down in Victoria around a karting event. And he was talking about the importance of text messaging. So he had a group of sponsors on board um, uh, in, at the time, it was also sponsored by Telstra Big Pond when I was fairly large in the sport. So he'd um, have a regular text message chat where he'd just send a text message out to all his sponsors. I mean, you can do that now without necessarily going through your phone. You can do that on the computer. Um, that gives a direct line of communication rather than um, email can get a little bit um, in your face and things can get lost from time to time. But to have that direct line, um, text, I think, is a, a really good way of, of doing that. And Jason was um, Jason was huge on that, and um, you know there's some other guys that just do it so well, like just keep people in the loop with what they're doing and push really hard. Like you know, um, I look at a guy like Max Johnston who's been racing sprint cars in Sydney, trying to break into the American market for a few years, and then last year finally got the chance to run the Eldora Truck Race, and like that was only through him getting off his butt, going to America, being part of teams, you know, meeting people around the trucks. Um, the truck scene sadly didn't get another opportunity, but he was able to raise the money to go and do that. And you know, there, there are a lot of stories like that that you see. And um, there are some guys back and expect it, and others that just get off their butt, work tirelessly. And that's what you've got to do is work tirelessly. You can't just sit there and wait for it to come to you. It's got to be you that drives it because at the end of the day, you're the property. So you're the one that they're going to invest in. You're the one that you've got to got to talk to them, take them photographs, take them. Um, you know, trophies, take them anything that, that you can take them to say thank you and give them opportunities, whether it's tickets, hospitality, um, go-kart days, whatever it is. It's just look at what you can offer them uh, from within your circle. Yeah, because it is very much a partnership over the next 12 months or however long that your agreement is that you've committed to them. Um, so, oh, I just went there, sorry. <laughs> One second. Um, 
think we've kind of covered lots. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, um, yeah, no, we've covered, covered quite a bit of ground, hey? Yeah, mm. All right, so I'll just finish off with the last question, of course. Is, um, so how can people get in contact with you, yourself, Matt? Yeah, people can get in, um, in contact with me through Facebook, just my uh, Facebook personal Facebook page, Matt Payne, or my business, Acclaim Media Global on Facebook, also Acclaim Media Global on Instagram, and Payne underscore Matt on Twitter. Yeah, and all of that will be in our transcription after today. So thank you once again, Matt, for joining us today. Um, hope everyone has got lots out of it. I know I certainly have. And I'll in the next break, we'll go through some top points. Thanks, Matt. Get ready for the race. Do you feel one step closer to being the next superstar behind the wheel? MotivateTraining.com.au for more. M-O-T-I-V, the number eight, training.com.au. The green flag. Every episode gets you one step closer to the checkered flag. The Motorsport Coaching Podcast, getting you to the checkered flag faster.